Well, everybody, today we are going to continue our mindfulness series. Thanks for that. What a great word by Jane there. And thank you, Jane, for sharing that with us. And wasn't it great to go down to London and observe the two-minute silence with everyone? But today, as we think about Remembrance Day, I want you to understand that the Bible actually sees it as a discipline to remember. Today, we want to remember some realities that are really there. Now, if you've got the YouVersion Bible app, we've got notes on there for you. We've, we've tweeted out and sent out the link for it. So uh, try, and, try and download the YouVersion app, and you can follow the notes with you. But, but today, I'm going to talk about remembering the realities that are really there. This is my heart behind today. I believe, you know, we've had a strange week, haven't we? An unusual week, a tumultuous week, what with the lockdown and then the presidential election and then all sorts of things uh, going on and the, the pandemic seems to be spiking. And one of the important things that we have to remember is that there are some realities that have not changed. There are some things, uh, some, the big story of God is still there. And I really want to press that home in your heart today. I'm going to use two scriptures. And so uh, please turn your Bible to Psalm 103 and then put your finger into Nehemiah chapter 9. We'll read a little bit of scripture and I'm going to talk about the importance of having the discipline to remember what is real. Psalm 103 reads like this. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Come on, say it with me at home. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies you with your desires, with good things, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Everybody over 60, say that with me. Your youth will be renewed like eagles. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 16. Nehemiah says to his people, I need to tell you the story. I want to remind you of the big story, the story that we're in. And that today I want to remind you of the story that you are in, the reality that you're in. You're saved, called, anointed, blessed, sanctified, healed, chosen, anointed by God and on your way to serve him. That's the reality that you're in. Nehemiah chapter 9 says this, uh, verse, from verse 16. But they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked. They did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember your miracles. There was a failure of remembering that you performed amongst them. They became stiff-necked, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God. That's the story a gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, God. Therefore, you did not desert them, even when they cast themselves a calf and said, this is your God who has led you out of Egypt. And they committed awful blasphemies. Because of your great compassion, though, you did not abandon them. You, uh, by the pillar of cloud, you did not fail to guide them on their path, nor by the pillar of fire by night shine the way that they were able to take. 
You gave them your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold any of your manna from their mouths. You gave them water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. You gave them kingdoms and nations, allotting them even the remotest frontiers. You took over the country of Sihon, king of Heshon, and the country of Og, and the king of Bashan. You have done well, Lord." Now, that's the story that I want to remind you of, that you are in a different reality than the reality that may confront you. I don't know whether you've ever felt like everything depends on you, or whether you feel like the world is on your shoulders. It's been a bit like that this week, hasn't it? Uh, whether you feel like uh, that people are not helping you out like they should, and uh, people are not gathering around you perhaps, or people you depended on, they have kind of let you down. You know, one of the hardest things is when you feel like, is this all down to me? Uh, am I looking after me? Is there no one gathering around us and the thought that we're on our own? You know, when I first came to BCC, over, over on this side of the, the uh, auditorium over, over here, we had a grand piano. And uh, it actually used to be the main musical instrument. Uh, but because it was fallen into disuse, it, I used to call it the shelf because it had clutter on it all the time. That actually, it, was a, it became a dumping ground. And you know, what happens for all of us, is that if we forget the important and key truths that have got us this far, our life becomes cluttered. And when we let that fall into disuse, the real reason why that thing was there in the first place is not really happening any longer. And, and a, unlike a grand piano, uh, we, we can't replace the truths of God. Isn't it great when you remember how to do something? When something comes back to your memory, you know, you, you thought, oh, I've done this before, and you, you work it out. I once took an exam, uh, and uh, I, it was a Greek exam, where I had to translate from the Greek to the English what the Bible was saying. And uh, when I first got the paper, oh, it was all Greek to me, uh, you know, but I, I looked at it, and then a few words came, and I started to translate, and then, you know what happened? I remember, I, as I started translating it, I remembered the scripture in English because I'd memorized it. It was from Romans chapter 8 uh, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, I don't know whether I cheated or not, and this is a good time to confess all those years, but I'd remembered what it said in English, and it made it much easier for me to translate and put everything together. You see, remembering is really important. Remembering is important because you'll realize that there are some things that you could have never done without the help of God. You could have never have done uh, those things that have got you through. You know what? Why don't you just remember today, you couldn't have canceled your sin. You can't do that. 
Only the blood of Jesus could do that. You can't lift your life up to operating at a grace level. It's the grace of God does that. You know, Psalm 103 says, you redeemed my life from my pit. There was a, there was a lifting up of my life to a new level. You could have never ma- manufactured some of the miracles that have happened to you. Why don't we just have a trip, not down memory lane, but by God's refocus lane, and remember some of the things have happened in your life, and you can't explain how they happened, but it's been the God's hand in your life. We need to remember that. Remember what Nehemiah said, that they failed to remember the miracles that you performed amongst them. It seemed like that the holy touch of God became a familiar thing to them, something that they were so used to that they almost dismissed it. What about it today, church? Can you look back in your life and say, you know what, that was a miracle? That miracle thing that God did for you, that that forgiveness he gave, that, that provision he gave. Here's the point. If God did it then, don't you think that he can take care of the impossible situation that you're facing now? If he's, re- if he's redeemed you back then and he's changed things back, back then, well, why would he not be able to do it again for you now? And I know that some of you are facing difficulty. I know that some of you are in separation and lockdown. But if God got you through the last one, he can get you through this one. Let's remember the power of God. Remembering is really important because it shows us another world than what we are so consumed with now. It's been a strange old week, hasn't it? And you might have had some of your own personal struggles. I mean, Forget the world for a moment. You personally may be going through an illness or a disease or a family uh, situation. But one of the key lessons for biblical mindfulness is that God says, I want you to refocus. Not to be looking at only the situation before you, but remember the alternative that I am presenting with you, for you. Remember, you know, if you go through Psalm 103... Remember that he's offering forgiveness and that you can know forgiveness and you don't have to live in a crystallized hurt of unforgiveness. Remember that you can experience healing. Remember that you're, you're not bound by old constraints that he's lifting you up now. Remember that he changes the atmosphere of your life. He crowns your life with love and compassion. Remember that he satisfies your inner desires. You know, Everybody is searching for something. You know, there was that U2 song, I've been all over the world and I've searched and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But that's the point about being a Christian. He, he satisfies those inner desires and spurs you on to greater purpose. And remember that he does renew your strength for that purpose. God wants to give you strength. Look, what I'm trying to do is get you to remember The world is offering this type of life, one of strife, one of of your effort, and God is offering you a different type of life, one of purpose, one of resolution, one of forgiveness, one of anointing, one of uh, real focus in your life. Let's remember the alternative that God is offering. Which world are you focusing on? Now, I know it's important that we're up with current events, 
And it's important that we pray for presidents and leaders and prime ministers. But which world are you over-focusing on? Remembering is important because you get to remember the nature of God. God is a compassionate God. He's, he's abounding in love. He's forgiving and gracious. Sometimes in the hurly-burly lockdown world that we're in, we forget what God's like. You remember the song that we sing, He's a good, good father. That's who he is. Let's remember the nature of God, that very much in the inner nature of God is this burning, abundant, compassionate love for you and for me. You are loved, and he has your life in his view. Remembering it's good because it helps us to focus on the desired future that God has for me. Remember, Nehemiah was telling this story and reminding them of their history, and he's saying, but listen, he got you to con uh, conquer frontiers that were even beyond your vision. God has got something for you. You know, I can hear somebody at home saying right now, well, Pastor Mark, this is great, but isn't this just escapism? Isn't this just, uh, you, know, forget the, uh, you know, forget all your troubles and worries, let's just look for a better day, or some old song says that. Somebody old, older will remember the lyrics to that. But isn't this just escapism, that we just forget what's going on and, and just remember a few Bible promises? But actually... What I'm trying to teach you today is, is not escapism. It's, it's called biblical refocus. It's, it's the, a refocus with the view to changing your life and moving towards the promises that God has for you. I'm not saying just take your mind off some things and ignore what's going on. We are saying look what God is actually promising and move towards that. If you've got unforgiveness in your life, you can see that God says you can forgive people. Well, look at that promise and begin to say, God, I want that. Focus on that so that your life begins to move to that. It's not a magic carpet, but it is a refocus so you can begin to move towards the realities that God is offering. I'm not offering escapism today because when, when you tell the big story of God, Actually, we have to review some of the things that we have got ourselves involved in. Nehemiah said, our ancestors were arrogant. They were stiff-necked. They forgot the miracles. There was a real review going on here. They refused to listen, failed to remember. You know, I'm not saying just don't think about problems. I'm saying review how you got there. Refocus and review. Review how you got there. And maybe God will highlight, well, you keep doing this. There is something that you need to release out of your mind. You see, there were three things about the, the Israelites. They failed to listen. They forgot the miracles. And they changed their worship. Oh, there's a key for us there. They failed to listen. I wonder what scripture, I wonder what principle that you might not be listening to. I wonder if you've forgotten the great things that God has done for you in the past. You know, when I grew up, I, I thought Walt Disney wrote the script to life. My only goal was to have a laugh. I had complete lack of purpose. 
I am so grateful to God that he had me having no interest in God whatsoever. That he almost like, it's like one of those things in the fairground, you know. He just like a, a hand grabbed me and picked me up and placed me into his kingdom. It was that miraculous. I don't want to forget that. You know, the Bible says that the Israelites, they, they made a calf and said, oh, we need something to worship. And I just wonder whether you've lost the focus in your worship. You see, when we, when we say, come on, let's remember, we're not saying let's just escape. Let's review some of the things that we've been doing and let's put them right. And then I'm saying this because it's not escapism. Because remembering stops us being paralyzed by the fear that's hemming us in now. You know, when you look at the world and the division in the world, it's so sad. It seems that when you look at France, and in our nation, it seems that we have lost the way of agreeing, disagreeing agreeably. And it seems that we've become polarized, polarized. But what I want to say to you is this. If you focus on all the division in the world, instead of what you can become in God, you'll get hemmed in by that fear. So let's begin not just to ignore it, but begin to say, God, release me so that I can be who you are calling me to be. In Nehemiah, he said, you gave them kingdoms and nations, allotting them even the remotest frontiers. You see, God had a preferred future for them. And let me say this to everyone. God has a preferred future. Oh, man, I wish I could come down that camera right now and sit with you in your living room and tell you, God has got a future for you. He's got an absolute great future for you. So don't get hemmed in by fear and all the things that are going on. Come on, BCC, remember, remember who we're serving. Let's make sure that we refocus on the Bible promises. Let's review how we got there, but let's release from fear because that will bring us to the realities that God has for us. I know that some of you may be at home and you just don't feel a thing. But actually over this last few months, that your flame seems to be getting dimmer. And, you know, we really so care about the fact that we're separated at the moment. And let me say to you, the church will come back and we will meet on campus and we will be together as a community. That is definitely going to happen. In fact, one of the key things about that is it will happen if you want it to happen too. If you say to yourself, you know, when the doors are open again, I'm going to be one of the first to be there. I'm going to take my responsibility to gather again. I'm going to be that person. Some of you are not feeling anything. but So let me get it moving in, in your life. I'm just going to close with a few practical ideas. If you want to get your feelings moving, your spirituality moving, not just feelings, but your, your heart moving, You've got to refresh yourself in God's good promises again. That's the idea of refocus. That what you've got to do, like, like good actors, they immerse themselves in the script. They become 
that script. Well, I wonder if you need to immerse yourself in the promises of God. Again, like Nehemiah said, you did not abandon us in the wilderness. In chapter 9, verse 19 there, he's, he was immersed in that promise. Even though things were tough then, he said, well, you didn't abandon us then, you won't abandon us now. The second thing is, look, you need to ask for specific leading. And, and listen, listen to me, I mean today's leading. Today's leading. The Bible says he led them by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. He led them 24 hours at a time. I wonder if you need to say, God, what do you need me to do today, tomorrow? Are you facing something tomorrow? And that you say, God, I really want specific leading. Come on, let's test God. Let's prove God, should I say. Let's, let's say, come on, God, I need your specific leading because I believe he will lead you. Third thing is this. We need to ask for biblical instruction. All that you need to know is there. And Nehemiah said, you gave us your good spirit to instruct us. We need to ask for the instruction that we need now. Don't worry about everything. You can't solve everything right now. There are lots of things that are out of your control. But what is the one thing that you need to obey God for now? What is it? Doesn't matter about everything else. What's the one thing that will get you moving? It will get your feelings moving. I'm speaking to people who perhaps haven't felt God for a while. Ask God, what's the one thing I need to obey? And as you do that, your feelings, your thoughts, and your life will begin to move. We need to ask for provision, not just our wants. The Bible says, Nehemiah reminded them and said, you didn't not eat all through that 40 years. You lacked nothing. I want you to understand something. I'm going to ask the worship band just to come back. But I want you, I want you to understand something really important. God sees the end of this season, and he's got a plan to get you through it. God sees the end of this season. He's got a plan to get you through it. You see, that's how Nehemiah, he told them the story, and he said, you were there for 40 years, yet God sustained you all the way through those times through the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to just rely on Amazon to get me through this uh, season. Although I have to admit, I, I've been buying some clothes on the internet. And in the, in the Bible there, it says that none of their clothes wore out. I should listen to that for myself. Uh, because sometimes you buy clothes on the internet. Let me get you a tip. When they come, they're rubbish. It's not going to get you through. But God has got a plan to get you through this season. He wants to sustain you. And we need to remember that, that God's a sustaining God. And God has a brilliant future for you. You know, the Israelites didn't realize all what God had for them, and we don't. If you can accept and begin to say to yourself, God, I want to choose the future you have for me and not just focus on the difficulties now. Your life will begin to move. Biblical mindfulness is what is God showing me now? In remembering 
the real realities of what God's like. He's a loving God, a forgiving God. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. And remembering what he's done, the miracles. You could have not made it this far without God in your life. When you remember that, then you can move to what he will do. Everybody just lift your hand with me wherever you are at home right now. And Heavenly Father, we just want to ask you now that you will refocus our minds onto who you are. That you'll refocus our hearts onto what you have done. And that on this Remembrance Day, when we've remembered great acts of courage, that we'll remember what a great God you are. And let us remember that you've got a future for us that is even beyond what we can imagine. So help us to move to what you can do. So come on, church, just move into that now. Lose yourself in the script of the promises of God. Begin to say to yourself, well, lead me today. Feed me today. Lord, begin to show me the things that you've got for me. Obey one thing, just one thing, and things will start moving in your life. Understand that he's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for you. Your life is in his hands. Lord, I just want to commit this message and I pray, Lord, that you'll minister deeply to people's hearts as they remember. Let's worship in song together. Let's begin to just lift up our hearts to God. Stay with us. I believe God's even doing things right now. Let's worship him together.